Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Did you say that you put a, do you put music in the beginning of these, or was that just on YouTube? Uh, just on YouTube. Oh, okay, so it's still these just, it's bam, just get us. started intros. Uh, you, we, you've said a couple times about how you want to have like a yeah. introduction, introduction, little Which like, you've never hey, done welcome to the Growing Up Churchy podcast. But you haven't done that yet. No, I have not. And now that we have church members that have amazing accents... I think yes. we might hit up our uh, I was, English and New Zealand church members to yes. be like, hey. <laughs> I did say that. And Create we a had, beautiful intro We had a, a meet and greet, online meet and greet over this past it's week. It's so crazy having church members church. Like, in different countries. Yeah, and, and, and to have them in different countries, it's amazing. So hearing a couple of our, we have um, a couple of our church members who are in England. Yep. And then we have a couple of our church members who are in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And um, hearing the uh, the accents this week has been like, so much oh my gosh! Than us. I told them <laughs> on there, I was like, I want you guys to just do our intros for everything yes. that we do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So anyway, uh, we had a really cool intro at the the first one that we did, but I messed up my mic, so we had to restart this whole podcast. But uh, we were talking about our audience being a little bit smaller on YouTube, but most of our audience is in like, I don't know what, iTunes, um, SoundCloud, yeah, uh, whatever the other the one. Most of them are all from that. The YouTube one is really small. But uh, I was like, I think that's the way I, I started off the other one. Like, welcome back, all four of you. Yeah. But I was like, Heidi's like, is that the way that you talk yourself down from like, I was like, yeah, that's the way I talk myself down from. Yeah. Like instead of stressing out, like, oh my goodness, there's listens. so many people. Yeah. That, I, that there's literally only four of you that are listening. So that's how I okay with it. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not really much more, but it is definitely more. But anyway. Um, now that you know all that. Now that you know. <laughs> well, you know, we could have just started talking and everybody would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we doing today? Anyway, today, this is from our church, basically, um, has been asking me for weeks now to get going on podcasts. And I've promised them. And there's so many different things that they've been wanting to talk about. It seems like all of the things that you get. Yeah, exactly wife um <laughs> which it's our anniversary today so this, i don't know when this is going to come out but happy anniversary and i don't know we should put this out pretty soon anyway uh they've wanted me to cover a number of topics it seems like you go and you you study so you you know i give a message on sunday and then you we afterwards we have a time where we talk about it and it seems like um there's all these different subjects that they want to know more about but we don't get a chance to to fully go into them in church. So therefore I promised a whole bunch of podcasts. And this is one of them that I, they promised because I think this is probably the most important one uh, is theological terms. I've, I've done one of these podcasts before as Heidi and I were discussing. I have no idea where it's located. And don't well, worry I shared about that. Looking I for think it, it was 
a week ago or something in one of my videos and I was like, I'm going to answer this question on a video because so many people have asked me this question. I'm like, you guys, I've talked about it before. Just go find the video. So then I went to try to find the video and, it's impossible. and I was like, oh heck no, I'm not looking yeah, for I'm it. Yeah, I'm not looking so for it. So if that. I'm not looking for it, you're not looking for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> so you, that's why I was even telling you before this. I was like, you know what? Just clean out the library. Let's start from scratch. We'll just do these again. So anyway, this is a theological terms, just what basic big churchy words mean that nobody, you know, that we say a lot and everybody's like, wait, what does this mean? I don't understand. Um, and it's not by any means going to be a, you know, a um, complete <laughs> university <laughs> lesson on yeah. every single one of these terms. This is just, honestly, it was more focused towards answering questions to my church um, on just some some words that we've kind of discussed so for the ones that are are kind of lost and then we thought that um this would uh, be a good podcast to put out because i think most people just in general are concerned about what a lot of these words mean even i get confused sometimes that like the some of the words um that i don't you know that i don't come across often or we don't use often and I'm like, what does that mean? And I'll have to look it up again. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember now. Um, but so there, there, there. Don't feel bad. There's no, there's no guilt in it. And we're always learning. So we're gonna go over a couple of the words. I have a list here um, of them. I don't know how many of them that we should do, but let's just start with the first one. All right, ascension. Okay, most people know ascension, but for those of you who don't, it's the physical, and this is a random list, by the way, so there's no, I didn't make this list, I just thought it was a good list. The physical, visible departure of the risen Lord Jesus to heaven, ending his earthly ministry. So the ascension is the physical and visible departure of the Lord. So when we talk about ascension, we talk about the departure that we read about in Acts 1. Of the Lord going up to heaven and taking his throne. All right. The second one is atonement. And like I said, this list is or this list is by no means a full comprehensive list of all these terms. I encourage every single one of you to still go in and, and understand what these terms mean. You can go and research these terms yourself. It's not difficult. Uh, it's not you'll find plenty of opinions on <laughs> on things resulting lots, of these things of those. but you can find out what the terms mean well because i think sometimes it's hard because you don't think about these words until you're listening to a sermon or sure. you're having a conversation and people start throwing out words and you're like ah what does that mean and so it can be a little confusing so i think this is a good one to kind of go through and some of these are more basic that you can kind of give a little sure. definition to and then there's going to be some of these words that you're going to have more to like yeah and if you're one of those people that needs to you know listening to a sermon and you're like what is that what does that mean Mm -hmm. if you need to write these down and keep a list with you in your bible with you just to remember that you know hey oh that's what this word means that can keep that can help you tremendously Mm -hmm. so you know knowing and understanding these words is extremely important all right, so uh, atonement. Okay, so this is the act of, the, in the, the list that I have here, the act of God by which he reconciles sinful humanity to himself, causing enmity to end and fellowship to begin. 
Okay, so it's that reconciliation of us humans to God, basically. That is the dumbed-down version of it. It's a very important word. Okay, it's, oh, it's, aren't we it's grateful for it? It's very, very important. Amen. We are very thankful for it. Okay, um, they, we have some script, scripture references here for atonement in Leviticus 17.11. And also twenty three twenty seven. Okay, the the third term here, and this is a term that Paul coined. Um, this is a term that he wrote to the Corinthians. He would have understood. They would have understood uh, what he was speaking about here, and it's bema seat, which it's another term for the judgment seat of Christ. But it's using the Greek word for throne. So we all think of, you know, sitting, you know, in front of the Lord in judgment as being a bad thing. Well, at the end of time, that's going to be a horrible thing. You don't want to be doing that. But for Christians after the rapture who are sitting in front of the Lord at the Bema Seat Judgment, this is a reward seat. This is rewards for things that you have done in the body as a follower of Christ, ways that you have served Christ, and also a point in time when the parts where you didn't do so well and you could have done better, you will see these things burn up. You know, you will understand, you know, there'll be a little bit of bite to what what's what's happening but it's clearly a rewards celebratory time it's 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 not meant to be a a judgment time in the way that the wording is is in paul says it and that's what the greek word is and and we can go fully deep into that but this isn't to confuse you more this is to just give you basic ideas and terms for these words so um but it's it's fascinating. Um, somebody had sent me. It's literally called the Bema. Um, it's one of the most incredible things that I've ever seen. If you don't understand what the Bema seat is, and any, go watch that. It's on YouTube. It's a, it's like a, um, a it's so interesting. I I, I can't like even explain it to you. Production. Yeah, one man like play, based off of a, based off of the Bema seat. Which I is, only heard bits and pieces when you were listening to it, and I have been like dying to carve out little pockets of time. Oh, to you go should just—you like, should just listen. Oh. That's what I ended up doing. Is I just ended up listening to it wherever I was and with the headphones in. Yeah, because I need to. when he starts like going into it, it's almost like it just draws you in. Because just the pieces I heard so from good. you, I was like, "Stop everything! This is amazing." Yeah, I mean, and by the end of it, it left me flooded. I mean, the bed with tears. I mean, it was just—it was amazing. So. To understand the Bema Seat, uh, you know, that, that will help you a lot. But it, it, like I said, it's another term for the Judgment Seat of Christ, which is definitely different from the Judgment Seat of God. Um, it, it's, it's a different time. It's a different, it's, you know, a, a different um, play. Our references in Scripture are just completely different as far as this goes. So um, that's what Bema Seat is. 
Um, let's see. Confess. We we always we always hear confess, and we think of like a criminal, you know, confessing what they did wrong, and that's true. It's to admit one's sin, to agree with God, and also to profess one's faith. So when we say confess, we're also talking about the profession of faith as well. Uh, it depends, obviously, on how the word's used and where the word's used at, but it, it does refer to that as well. So not only, you know, we can't think of confession necessarily in a, a uh, uh, you know, like a, you know, a criminal way or confessing our sins all the way. It's also to confess and profess our belief and love for Christ. Um Covenant, we hear covenant all the time. What's a covenant? I talk about a covenant a lot. Um, new covenant, old covenant, what, what does all this mean? Covenant is an agreement between two parties involving promises from each to the other. Their notes here say, see Genesis fifteen eighteen and Luke twenty two twenty for covenant. Okay, the third, this one is... One of the more complicated terms to explain to you uh, simply because this term is used in so many different ways. It's the day of the Lord. Um, the, day, the day of the Lord can mean many, many things. It can. It, it's not confusing. It's just you have to be very 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 studied to understand what prophet or who is talking about what in which way they're using the words the day of the lord because it can refer to either judgment day it can refer to christ's first coming it can refer to tribulation period it can refer to a lot of different things so it's a very very important how we divide that word and it's it's not like i said it's not difficult if you're studied on it but if you're not studied on it and you just are kind of reading at a surface level it can be very very confusing because it uses uh, there's the way that it's used it's used in a lot of different ways um, the way that they have here says it's the period of judgment and restoration at the end of time as God punishes the wicked and sets up his kingdom on earth. So when we normally do say day of the Lord, we are normally talking about the second coming. That is that is definitely what so Christ coming to earth and setting up his kingdom. But this also can mean day of the Lord's judgment. And it's... Isn't it's, that usually when it says the great and terrible day right, of and the Joel, Lord? Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. But it's, it's also in many different Old Testament but that's why it's so important to prophets. not yeah but that's right. why we don't just read one verse or one little right. clip you have to read the whole thing to get the context and then i feel like it's easier to decipher oh this is talking about the return of christ this is talking Correct. about you know what i mean like you but so often everybody yes. pulls out just one little verse or one yes. little passage and it's like no 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 yes, read like the chunk above the chunk below and that's one thing that i told somebody in our church this past week i said 
you're going to have to unlearn the one verse nonsense. Okay, because, you know, yeah, sometimes in scripture there is only one time where one thing is referred to. Sure, that does happen. But that's not the way that most of our evangelical or our American Christianity, uh, the way that the shepherds of these of this is have taught because it's definitely you take one verse and you take it out of context and you let it mean whatever it wants to mean. And it's like, okay, you, you got to get rid of these one verse ideas and you got to weigh it with everything. Whenever we come to something that is not clear, we have to weigh it with the rest of what scripture says and make a good case off of that, just as you would anything else. So, um, yeah, uh, before I go off into too many more rabbit trails here, let me continue on. Um, like, so you, now that you got the definition in the past three hours of like four terms. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and continuing. All right, continuing. The next one is, and I use this term a lot. You'll hear me use this a lot, is dispensation. Okay, that's God's administration of a certain period of time a divinely appointed age. So, you know, that's, that's a good general statement, I guess, of what dispensation is. Uh, it says, see Acts 14, 16 in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Um, but, yeah, I mean, dif dispensations, yes, different administrations of, of certain periods of time. Uh, it's very, very important to look at these different periods of time. And for instance, we would we would be talking about like the, in the 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 time period that we're in now. We're in the age of grace. Okay, right now is in the time where we are in between the two advents of Christ, which would be the first and second coming. So we're in this grace period because as soon as Christ comes back, He's coming in judgment. So while we're in this period right now, all can come to Him, and all can. It can be spared from the wrath to come by the rapture of the church. But <clears throat> it's really, really important to make this distinction because the next dispensation after this one that we're in with the age of grace will be the kingdom, the millennial kingdom. And that's where we, we in, in where you get these ideas off of time periods is just simply we know. We know that there was a, a, a time for Christ's first coming, there's going to be a time for his second coming. This will be a time for the millennial kingdom. This is just basic biblical interpretation that we build all the way back to Genesis for this. So these aren't these aren't things that we just pull pull out at you know the thin air and 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 make up. These are these are very very important periods of time. Um, well, and I think it's so funny because with any other subject of life, this would seem like common sense. Sure. But then when you get into these ridiculous arguments that people within the faith and sometimes out get they into. They lose all common sense. And it's like, well, how can you say? It's like, okay, you would practically do this with any other situation. But then when it comes here, it's like, ooh, are you doing something weird? Is that funky? What yeah, is it? Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, like whoa, whoa, no, whoa. it's. Just like well, we would the other do misconception with that people have is yes, amen. It is it is God's word. It is one hundred percent inspired text. There is not one mistake in here. And the quote unquote mistakes that are in here are your misconception and your poor understanding of scripture. That has nothing to do with with that, but user error. Yeah, it is exactly it's user error. But 
people think that they can pick the Bible up and read anything and go, yep, Jesus was talking to me right there. Look at what he says to believers right here in Matthew. Right here in chapter 4 or 5. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, amen. God wrote every single word of that. that. Absolutely. Thing is, is God wasn't talking to us all here. And neither were any of these authors. None of them were. We often sit there and think that these authors had like foreknowledge of the church and thought that like Paul and Peter were just sitting there writing going, you know what, I'm writing to that church in America so they will know, you know. And I'm like, they had no clue. You know who they were writing to? They, They knew that the gospel would spread, but they didn't know how. I mean, it's impossible for them to know that. Paul saw a lot, John saw a lot, but it would have been impossible for them to know a lot of these things. So we have to take that into account when we're reading it. And I mean, that's just simple. That's just in a simple interpretation tool to know that, okay, he's not writing to me, but you know, there's, there's a whole lot that I can learn here. If I understand that, hey, this certain group isn't me. So he's not yelling at me for this problem. I'm cool in that. So, all right. I've gone on another rabbit trail. This is good. And we're only, what, like five words in? <laughs> all right. Dispensation. All right. Uh, the next one, this is going to be good. And again, not a full comprehensive list. Elect. The person or group chosen by God to receive spiritual favor or perter- or to perform special service okay does god choose people yes how he chooses people i don't know give up trying to figure it out guys that's all i can say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go around in circles with this i don't know there's not an answer to this because we're not god Uh, i see many pastors theologians and stuff stumble over these questions and these things like this we need to answer this plain clear and simply we don't know And it's okay not to know. Because we acknowledge that we are living under a holy, sovereign God that has everything completely under control and understand that I don't need to know everything. One day, I will have all knowledge. Until that day, I, I understand that I'm very, very fallible and I don't want to try to run in circles trying to figure out the mind of the Lord because you can't do it. So, when we talk about the word elect, it makes a lot of people squirm, as it should, because on the other side of it, it's become a very, very dirty word and and very judgmental and very condemning word. So, we have to be careful, but at the same time, you know. I, I don't know. I guess we should just not get in these arguments or, or, or worry about these things. That something that we cannot possibly understand. Yeah. Getting upset and getting into these arguments over this. 
Well, because then what are you doing? Are you just spending all of your time running in circles and getting an argument? Like, how is that edifying to the it's body? Not. You know what I mean? That's where you get into all of that. So. It's not. But I think some people think like these idiots. words are like dirty words because you hear them and it's like, and it's like, no, we can talk about the topic of elect and things like that without getting into this like theological slinging of mud and treating one another not how scripture calls us to you know what i mean so you can say dispensationalist without it having to be some type of argument you know over these different things or whatever the case may be the next term is exegesis this term is probably the most important one of the most important terms of this whole list so can i tell you something real quick what the first time i heard you say this i thought that either you were horribly mispronouncing something because sometimes <laughs> you struggle like that yes, and your I dyslexia gets you. It's or I thought you were like making up a word. It's <laughs> yeah. like, honey, that's not a real word. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't know many things. <laughs> so I I've never actually told you that, but that? I legit thought you were either butchering the real word, like trying to sound smart that's or so you just funny. made it up because I'm like, honey, that's not a real what? word. What's that? What's I'm clearly very smart. And I'm I totally that old. guy from what's that? <laughs> was it Waterboy where he's holding his ad? He's like, I'm not a smart man. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm not a smart man, but, but you're right. I this know is, some things. This is such an important word and, <laughs> that I my whole like 30 some odd years never, ever had heard my entire life, even growing up within the church. And when I first heard you say it, I thought you were making it. And I'm like, if I were, <laughs> if I were to understand and be able to pronounce any word, it would be this word right <laughs> here because I would sit down and just go <laughs> over it till I had it right. But yeah, I thought you made it. Because it's probably one of the most important words in all of the study of theology. Yeah, it really is. It's the study, and it's it's identified the study of a particular text of scripture in order to properly interpret it. The process of understanding a text and making plain its meaning. Okay, like as we read in 2 Timothy 2.15. Okay, because we are rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what exegesis is. So when we use this word, this is not a made-up word that some man made (laughs) in these principles or some man-made principles. No, you know what exegesis is? It's exactly what Paul tells us to do in 2 Timothy 2.15. Because Second Timothy is a another pastoral letter of instructing shepherds, you guys. This is one of the most. I, how many times have I said one of the most important things on this? Somebody, if you're playing a drinking game, ding, you are hammered ding, ding. by this time because. Well, um, you shouldn't be playing a drinking. Well, you, sh- you shouldn't ever. But if you were, you would be sloshed because I've said that a lot. Do you want me to get the bell and every time you, you say should. it? You should. You should. I should be fined every time I say it. I'm sorry, guys. Forgive me. But, okay, so going back to um, going back to, to 2 Timothy and this, as I say all the time, is that, yes, it's important for you to be in your word every day but more importantly it's it's more important that you understand it okay and you in order to understand it you need to have a shepherd you need to have a teacher a teacher of the word it's very very hard to find sound biblical teachers but the holy spirit will lead you to truth um it'll happen 
Okay, just be willing to let the spirit work and you be able to to accept what truth is. Not condition yourself, not change your, you know, but to to come humbly to Christ and let him lead you into into him. So it is of utmost importance for us as as teachers to be doing this, to be rightly handling the word of truth and, and rightly explaining it to our people. Because right, a right and correct understanding of Scripture will absolutely, and, and, and with the Holy Spirit's guidance, will absolutely lead you to a un, you know, a unexplainable peace and comfort, yes, even in this life, and hope beyond all hope for the next. So, that's, we, we must rightly divide the word of truth. And, and using, that's where this word comes from, exegesis. It, it's the study of a particular text. Okay, and to be able to properly interpret it. And what do we say when, when we, we talk about a study? We look at, okay, well, who is this author? Who is he writing to? What is the purpose of this, this letter that he wrote? Why did he write this letter? Okay, once you take, and when was this? Then you start doing detective skills. Like, when was it that he wrote this? Okay, how, what would, by the means that he wrote this letter? That's how my brain works. I don't know if that's how everybody's brain works, but it should. We, especially when we're dealing with the word of truth, because we should automatically go at scripture like this. And once we realize these things, it makes a whole lot more sense. It just makes scripture a whole lot make more clear. So um, it's a job of the teachers, but it's also a job of the, the sheet to be able to understand uh, what these things mean as well. So the next term, faith, most of us know that, but it's the belief in and commitment to God. Confidence in God's character, will, and trust. That's a very basic definition of faith. I'm not going any further into some of these because Heidi tells me that we're already like 40 minutes in, so <laughs> I need to hurry. Um, the fall of man. Here you were. You were like, this will be so quick and easy. I just got to read through these and explain what they are. I know. I'm, <laughs> hey, shh. <laughs> I love you. Enough from you. Enough. All right. That's what I tell Ollie. Enough. <laughs> um fall of man it's humanity's loss of innocence resulting in its current state of sinfulness corruption and alienation from god precipitated by the sin of adam and eve in the garden of eden okay notice that alienation from god if you ever wonder if you have blessing and all this everything from actually like can you see god right now exactly <laughs> can you see him yeah. Guess what? You're alienated from him. Yep. Because the purpose was that you were to be able to be um, with him. <laughs> that was the whole idea. So uh, next time we we get any kind of um, any kind of entitlement, we might want to remember that. Can we see God? Yeah, we can see God in in everything that we look at, but no, we cannot see the form of God right now, and uh, that's something that is so mind-blowingly um, out in left field that we can't even imagine yet. I think about it often, but then my brain just takes me into this like, 
I don't even know what that's going to be like. I can't even comprehend that, um, which is really cool to think about of, um, you know, so there we go. I run at risk of doing it again. Grace, God's blessing on the undeserving, unmerited favor. All right, undeserving. That's the most important thing to remember out of grace. God's blessing on undeserving, unmerited favor. We are in the period of grace right now. God's favor. All right, this is the... Uh, the term that we think of that we have to differ differentiate between the bema seat <clears throat> excuse me and then the great white throne judgment because the great white throne judgment is the final judgment of the wicked before god so this is the final seat of judgment that is the one that we uh that is must be separated from what paul is speaking about when he's speaking about the bema seat of christ all right, here we go again. There's This is the second term that goes hand-in-hand hand with exegesis, but it is, it, it's, it's also different. And this is, but it's this, the hand-in-hand the hand as far as the importance of, of being able to interpret the Bible. So not um, a word you made up. Definitely not a word <laughs> I made up. Definitely not a word that I had trouble pronouncing because it was one of those. But so you said earlier, like with, with the other word, but so is hermeneutics. It's the study of biblical interpretation. Again, it kind of goes hand in hand with exegesis, but it's hermeneutics goes even further to be able to pull out a understandable meaning from the scriptures without going outside of the scriptures. Because okay, we, we weigh scripture with scripture and we weigh historical context with what we know and, and what we have, the information that we have. And uh, from there, it makes interpretation. That, that's, our, that's, that's the path that we use to shy and stay away from false teachings and teachers. Because if we don't use that, we wind up in the snare of the devil. Seriously, it's 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 so easy because you can just pick up and you can be Joel Olstein and you can read something and then that can mean that and then that's it. And that's extremely damaging and it brings a lot of reproach on the name of God. All right, next term is illumination. It's the Holy Spirit's work for providing spiritual insight to God's word so that his children can know Christ better. Impute is to charge something to the account of another. Incarnation, the occasion of God, the Son, taking on human flesh and becoming a man. So let me read that again. Yes, the occasion of God, the Son, taking on human flesh and becoming a man. Indwelling, we hear that one a lot. We talk about the indwelling. It's the work of the Holy Spirit by which he lives within the believer. Sealing him or her until the day of redemption. Inerrancy. Okay, it's the scripture's lack of error in their original autographs. Iniquity. Okay, it's sin, evil, or wickedness. We have inspired when we talk about it. What inspired scriptures, we use that a lot. 
Okay, that means it's God-breathed, the quality of Scripture that ensures inerrancy, infallibility, and authority. We have this process. Okay, the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment of believers who will give an account of their lives to Christ. This is the Bema Seat Judgment. Justification. We have the act by which God, for Christ's sakes, declares a guilty sinner acceptable in his sight. Can we say Messiah a lot? Especially we're doing the book of Matthew in church. We're talking about the Messiah a lot. It literally means the chosen, the chosen one or anointed one. The Hebrew equivalent of Christ. Okay, omnipotence. The divine quality of having all power. Omnipresence. The divine quality of being everywhere at the same time. Omniscience. The divine quality of possessing all knowledge. Here's another one of those words that we don't want to argue about that we always, that we can go deeper into and we talk about opinion, but come on. Predestined. Being chose by God's sovereign determination ahead of time in matters of salvation. Chosen to be conformed to the likeness of God's Son, justified and glorified. Propitiation is the next term which this is the most important term. Propitiation is the satisfaction, the appeasement of God's wrath through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay, check out Romans 3.25 and 1 John 4.10 on that. Propitiation, if you ever want to, if you want to listen to somebody talk about propitiation, go look up Paul Washer. He'll put you in tears. And it's something that should put you in tears. Once you understand that this is the satisfaction, the appeasement of God's wrath, that this is, whew, it's really, really deep. Okay. Rapture, we always talk about the rapture. People want to tear it down. People want to attack it. People want to claim that it's something, some new doctrine that's just starting about what are we even talking when the rapture? Well, the rapture is the event in which God snatches away all believers from the earth before the tribulation period. Okay, we find the rapture primarily in 1 Thessalonians 4 and in 1 Corinthians 15, but uh, it's also mentioned throughout. It's also mentioned in John and then arguably, but I think very clearly in Hebrews, um, Christ is going to appear for the second time, not to deal with the sins. Um, so yes, that's definitely a, a rapture passage. I see it as that. Um, besides, we have, we have many others, but that's where we primarily get those two. Uh, reconciliation is the next term that we use a lot. It's a process by which God makes peace between himself and sinful humanity through the atoning work of Christ. Okay, we have redemption, the act of paying a purchase price by which sinners are delivered from death and sin. Okay, regeneration, a new birth. The spiritual change that God works in a person's heart to enable faith and salvation. Okay, we have remission, it's forgiveness or a release from sin. Repentance, a change of mind, a turning of, from sin, accompanied by a turning to God. Revelation, an unveiling or uncovering concerning Scripture. The revealing of God's Word, <clears throat> excuse me, 
the revealing of God's word about himself and his plan of salvation for the world. Righteousness, holiness, a following of God's perfect standards. Salvation, deliverance from sin, death, and the wrath of God. Sanctification, a setting apart for special use. The process by which God changes the sinner into the image of his son. Second coming of Christ is the physical return of Jesus Christ to earth with all the armies of heaven at his side to judge his enemies, set up his kingdom, and fulfill the prophecies to Israel. Very, very important, all of those things. Sin, lawlessness, disobedience to God's will by either commission or omission in thought, word, or deed. Sovereignty, we hear this one a lot. Very famous one, right? God's complete control over all things in nature and the affairs of men, past, present, and future. So we can at least agree, all agree that God is sovereign. Now, how he applies that sovereignty in, we don't know. But temptation. An enticement to sin or an individual or an invitation to disobey God. Transfiguration, the shining forth of divine glory in Jesus Christ in his earthly form. Which occurred in Matthew 17. Okay, transgression, sin, any violation of a law or command. We all know what sin is or transgression is, I'm sorry. But or we should all know what transgression is. Trinity. We say that word a lot too, and I think people have a lot of confusions about what the Trinity is. It's the doctrine that one God exists in three distinct persons, three centers of self-consciousness possessing one in indivisible essence. They did a pretty good job with that. All right, virgin birth, the unique act of God by which Jesus Christ was begotten in a virgin's womb. The method through which the Son of God entered the world of humanity. And the last one we have is worship. Worship, reverence and devotion. The attributing of glory and honor. Biblical worship is directed toward God alone. We can read that 1 Samuel 119, Psalm 29.2, and Revelation 15.4. Um... These are, like I said, by no means a comprehensive list. And I think basically the ones that people, the, the ones my church were more so focused on were the things like hermeneutics, exegesis, um, sovereignty. You use those a lot. You know, the, propitiation. These, propitiation, these words that we use a lot. So those, those words are, are definitely the ones that, that they care about the most, but... That was just a pretty good list of the common ones that we use a lot. Um, well, and, and sometimes, like, you've heard somebody say a word so many times, and you think you know what it means, but you also don't want to ask and be like, is that what that means? Right. So I like this kind of covers some of those things. Al like, okay. You can always assume that a, a word means something that it didn't mean. I've yeah. done that for, like, so many times, and then, like, you find out, and you're like, Oh. <laughs> oh crap! I didn't know that's what. I that hope meant. I didn't write that to anybody or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they probably think I'm an idiot. No, um, 
you know, it's fine. And like I said, if you need a, if you need to write this down or, or have a list that you carry with you because you keep hearing these words in sermons and you have no idea what they mean, by all means, do it. Um, and a lot of times these, these we, you know, people will pass these words off as going, oh, that's just man's understanding. And it's like, no, it's not. No, this is all biblical understanding. This is all taking... And having, you know, respect for the scriptures and yeah. exactly what the Lord commanded us and told us to do. And uh, rightly handling his word of truth. Kind of a big deal. Very big deal. So hopefully that helped. Um, I know that wasn't uh, like a full list, but uh, that'll at least get us started. Absolutely. So thanks, guys. 